Andrew Giuliani, who worked for Donald Trump for four years and is on right now like he is every Friday. Andrew, good morning, buddy. How are you? Well, Sid, great to hear from you. I tell you, it was a great interview you had yesterday with my father. Also great to hear uh, Pete Morgan's voice in studio right there. It's uh, nice to see our Rangers doing well on something a little bit lighter. But I, I want to echo the uh, I want to echo the sentiments of my father. I think you've absolutely you know nailed what's going on. And uh, I think when you have some Democrats, especially on a national level, like, like Biden who wants to give lip service and realizes, well, there's uh, politically, I better make sure it appears like I'm on the side of Israel and the Jews. Uh, well, look, I always say more than anything, the numbers and the data, uh, they tell the truth when it comes to politicians. Politicians all have narratives on both sides of the aisle. You need to go through the numbers and the statistics to tell whether or not those narratives are fictional or non-fictional. And just look at all the money that Joe Biden has released to Iran. Just look at the idea that he's thinking about a potential pause right now, which would only help Hamas terrorists. And it'll show you exactly what side Joe Biden is actually on. I'm on the way to this event uh, last night, and you know, Andrew, that, um, well, I fight with everybody. I gave him a fight with you at one point, but uh, you're, you're, I love you to pieces. I really do. I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I love you dearly. And I was fighting with Mark Levin not that long ago. And then um, I decided one Sunday morning, just like I did with you on Father's Day, to send him a text and say, what are we doing here? You know, I'm sorry, and he apologized, too. And he was on a couple of weeks ago, and he was great. So yesterday, I'm on my way to the event, Drew, and I get an unprovoked text from Mark Levin. I look at the phone, I go, Levin? And he's furious. He sent me a couple of um, tweets from Tom Cotton. I'm not sure if you heard these, but they go like this. Tom Cotton, Biden is now secretly pressuring Israel to allow fuel into Gaza. Mm-hmm. Hamas has huge reserves of fuel, more than we've got. They can use it for civilians and hospitals, but instead they're stockpiling rockets and terror tunnels. Biden literally wants to fuel Hamas's war machine. Israel should absolutely flatly reject this outrageous pressure campaign, confident that Congress has its back, and Levin's next text to me is, Sid, do you believe it? This son of a bitch is threatening Israel. This is the Joe Biden that Israelis and Jews vote for and tell me he's doing a good job? He hates us. Yeah. Think about if uh, in the days after September 11th we found out that Israel, after you know, saying some positive statements about the United States of America, we're going to be there with you. Let's just say in October of 2001, we found out that Israel actually wanted to make sure that in Afghanistan, al-Qaeda terrorists ended up getting supplies and humanitarian needs. That's what this is akin to. That's exactly what you can line this up to, because that humanitarian aid that everybody talks about, the U.N. General Assembly, which, by the way, the U.N. General Assembly, they ended up uh, voting for a ceasefire, calling for a ceasefire, but not not condemning Hamas terrorists. Think about that. Think about what we have on our east side here in Manhattan and how anti-Semitic that damn organization is. Um, But it is incredible when you actually look at this and when you actually see where the Biden administration stands on this stuff. And you just realize this aid, this is not going to maybe those few Palestinian citizens that may be in the minority, that may dislike Hamas, that may actually think that Israel should have a right to exist. It's going to the Hamas terrorists that sadly are controlling the country. And I look at it this way, right? When you want to talk about 
a ceasefire, you want to talk about peace and all that, show me one Palestinian movement that has been out there that has talked about the right for Jews to exist, that has been vocal about it, that has gone out and that has protested for that right to exist. There's not there, – there are not any out there. None. Look, maybe there. Maybe there are some people that feel that way privately and don't want to get their heads chopped off, and I understand that. But, darn, in one of these democratic countries – I'm not talking about in Gaza, but at least in the United States of America – America, get out and march and show that you exist and show the Palestinian people that there's another way to exist without eradicating Jews around the world. You know, <laughs> Gail King was on CBS yesterday, Andrew. I can't stand her. I know how she got to where she got because of Oprah. That's great. It's good to have yeah. friends in high places. I get it. And she's quoting that there needs to be a pause, or that's what Biden wants, but she was clearly, uh, the way she talked about it on his side, because Hamas is reporting 3,600 children dead. Now, listen, again, at the risk of sounding insensitive, at this point, I don't care. They threw our babies alive in ovens October the 7th, burned them alive. They cut the heads of kids off all morning long. That doesn't mean these poor kids deserve to die in Palestine. But I hate to say it, they started it. Here's what you're going to get. And for Gail King to quote Hamas, Hamas said 3,600 kids dead. When did Hamas all of a sudden become a credible source for CBS News? Tell me. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And, and you go look back, right, the hospital bombing. Immediately the New York Times ran with this stuff. And the left ran with this and said, well, Hamas is saying it. It must be true over here. It's, it's incredible when you think about it. No, I, I don't understand why on earth you would go and take Hamas's word for this when it's obvious you can't confirm what the casualty count is. And by the way, Hamas also, when they're getting this information out there, they're not distinguishing between who's terrorist and who's civilians. So we don't know how many of those people are actually terrorists. We don't know if that's the accurate number. And we don't know how many actual terrorists by a numerical standpoint, we've gotten, look, I'm sure the Israeli government, I'm sure they know, I'm sure the special forces know, but they haven't released that number out to the population. Well, we gave them we gave them plenty of time to get out of there, weeks and weeks and weeks. We, we actually, yeah, we Biden made them wait, then he makes them pause, then he tells them the, the fuel. I mean, they, they had plenty of time to get out. And at this point, uh, it is war. That's what war and, is. And in doing that, it allows Hamas to actually prepare up for that invasion. Of course. He did in order to look and say to the Palestinian people, you know what, I'm going to give you the time yes. to be able to adjust to this. Invasion. And, and think I mean, about imagine, this. Imagine uh, that. Right. And think about this. A girl like Mia Shem, if she's still alive, yeah. if she's still alive, 21-year-old gorgeous girl. And I hate saying this, but how many guys are raping her in that tunnel today? How many dirty, disgusting Hamas, Palestinian lowlives are raping that girl every day. Every day you wait to go in there and get those people out, or God forbid if they die, is another day of rape and torture for young girls like Mia Shem. How is that good? But let me go to your father for a second. Reason, one of the reasons why your father is so good, and you are too, the apple didn't fall far from the tree, is because he's on yesterday, and he's critical of Eric Adams. He certainly is. But he's not over the top. He's the greatest mayor of all time. I think the worst thing he said yesterday was, I'm disappointed. He didn't kill him. He's basically saying, I love this city and I want to see more. Whether it's the illegals crisis, whether it's the real threat of terrorism here in New York City. And now, of course, this was uh, before the FBI raid on Brianna Suggs. 
yeah. apartment yesterday. So what are your thoughts on that? So my thoughts are a uh, couplefold, right? I, I look at this and say, first off, how is this going to affect the mayor doing his job, which is going down to Washington, D.C., and actually trying to convince the Biden administration, which has not been receptive already in Congress, to get New York the funding that he thinks it needs. Look, I think we all think that's a temporary Band-Aid, but until there's something done on the federal level here in terms of securing the border, uh, it's going to be what New York ultimately needs over the course of it. I know you said this time and time again, and you've mentioned Arthur Idala coming on the show, talking about the fact that New York's not getting any money. Uh, the thing that I wonder about all of this, when you look at how the Biden administration operates, I do not think it's coincidental that Biden's FBI went after Mayor Adams. Oh, no. The day that he's You're not doing down, this, are you? You're not one of these conspiracies. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Hold, hold on, though. Hold on. Okay. You, you have an FBI. You have an FBI that goes and looks at parents and calls them domestic terrorists. True. You have an, F, you have an FBI that goes after Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump instead of actually doing the intelligence service on true. Hamas. This true. is now a political organization. It's true. And they yeah. practice in politics more than they do the actual uh, law enforcement stuff that they actually should be doing and their mission. Look, do I have proof of this? No, I don't have proof of this. But I can tell you that the FBI has become far more political. Just look at the appointees that have been in there. Look at Page. Look at Strzok. Look at everything that they have said that has been released. These are political actors now. These are not law enforcement people. And they think like politicians, which sadly to say I've been around in my whole life. Um, it's not a great way to think in terms of what's actually the right thing for your country. I've been lucky to have been around a few exceptional ones, <laughs> but I've seen also a lot of people that look at this and say, man, this is really, really bad. I also look, Sid, and I look at the fact when you look at KSK, which is this construction group that donated to Adams, right? There were 11 people working at KSK that gave between $1,200 and $1,500. That's a little suspicious to have that kind of number. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.